Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, we have Chris Ward. Chris is the founder of the Win the Hour, Win the Day philosophy, and also the author of Win the Hour, Win the Day. After the loss of her husband, Chris returned full-time to her work as a marketing strategist. She was relieved that her business had not only survived her absence, but was growing. Now, Chris has completely changed the landscape for entrepreneurs by sharing the successful practices that allowed her absence. In addition, Chris is an acclaimed podcaster. You can hear her on her podcast, Win the Hour, Win the Day. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Katie. I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Well, for the benefit of our listeners, could you please share a bit more about who you are, um, how you serve your clients? Um, and the philosophy that you've created. Yeah, so you touched on it a little bit. Uh, when I started my business as a, you know, doing market messaging for my clients, you know, that was like 12 plus years ago. And the first couple of years, I worked insane hours, like crazy hours. And so my husband used to say, I was always stealing from sleep, getting up earlier and earlier and staying later and later. And I was told about the two-year mark that I was starting to lose some of my charm because I guess if you go two, hour, two years without sleep, you get a little edgy. So I realized this could not be the people that were cheering me on the most. I was becoming short with, and I was always exhausted. And so I said, oh my gosh, like there has to be another option. And so I literally went from working 16 hours a day down to six. Now that did not happen overnight. That's a whole story on its own. But as you said, I was pulled away from my business, but a few years after that, where my husband was diagnosed with colon cancer And when I returned after his passing, my existing clients had no idea of my absence, like, and the local business community didn't know. It was just not how we navigate his journey. We were very positive in nature. And so then when that all happened, they kept saying to me, like, how could we have not known you were away? So then they approached me and said, hmm, like, if you could do that, maybe you could help me get to my kids' soccer games. Maybe I could stop working these insane hours and neglecting my family and my health and all this other stuff. And so that's how it came to be. Um, I started working with these people under that capacity. And I quickly realized I was able to get them 25 hours back a week within the first month of working with them. And I also realized that the people that needed me the most I worked best with had been in business five, 10 years. And they were just, they look good on paper. They're making money. They're camera confident. They're out there doing it all, but they're still putting in way too many hours for where they are in their journey. 
And so that's when I wrote my book so I could potentially reach those people when, you know, their family goes to bed at night and they're still banging out emails. And that's how it all began, because I believe your business should support your life, not consume it. And I'm passionate about that movement. Nice. And that's life changing. You know, 25 hours back, that really changed the whole landscape of home life, family life, (laughs) the way that you can take care of yourself. So when you speak to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, when you, when you speak to clients, when they first come through and they can see that potential, um, what, are the, what are like the false beliefs or what, are they, what do you hear all the time from new clients that frustrates you? Well, I don't know if it frustrates me. I'm purely empathetic to it because I was there too. And I think what happens is a lot of the people that I work well with or the people that are in the winner's circle are people that tend to get a lot done and they are the go-to people for the, most of the people in their life. I was like that, like, listen, I'm the problem solver and, it, and I get stuff done. And so that gave me this false sense of then if I can't get it done, there's just too much to get done. Or I am an organized person, so I'll just reorganize. But that's really like taking a screw and then just twisting the screwdriver and stripping it, right? And so what happens is the false sense of, just going harder, faster. Like once I get past this next thing, everything, oh, you know, there's always this next thing. Once, if you hear yourself saying, once I get past this next thing, ding, 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 that's an alarm. So I had this false sense for years that, well, once I get past this, once I get past that, once I get past this, things will be different. And I also, because I was quite capable and a lot of my clients fall prey to this as well, is that you think you can just do more and and rush and, and just get more done. So I call myself a recovering rushaholic. So a lot of my clients come in with the concept of just move fast, just once I get past this next thing, that hard work is the answer. And they see all this stuff online about grinding it out and hard work's the answer. Listen, yeah, I get it. Hard work's the answer-ish, meaning no one I've ever worked with, no entrepreneur, small business owner I've ever known has been lazy. So this idea of hard work being 16 hour days and four hours sleep, that's beyond hard work. So those are some things that I'm empathetic to and breaks my heart because I did it for years and I fell into that mindset and it will wear you down. It will kill you or it will definitely make you old. I looked like a heroin addict for years because I was just like so exhausted all the time. Not when it was heroin chic. Not when that was like my hair looked like a mess. I had dark circles underneath my eyes. It was just awful. So yeah, so that breaks my heart. Is that they? And then also in this day and age of technology, Mark, then you always think there's this new thing. Oh, this new technology is going to solve my problem. Oh, the new hack, right? Yeah, yeah. So pivot, er, like a dog in the park, squirrel. You just go left, and uh, you know what? All the technology, that's not the answer right? That's not it. It's just another shiny object. So you can, you know, kind of like if I was a carpenter, you can give me like, I'm not a carpenter. So let me back that up. You, you can give me a power tool. It doesn't make me a carpenter. So that's a better tool, right? Whereas you can give a carpenter no power tools and they'll be fine. Like they, Mm -hmm. can they do it faster? Yes. Right. So that's the other thing too, is this misunderstanding that, well, it's, it's just a tech and we just need the new shinier improved thing. There seems to be a scale that tips between suffering and struggle. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all know struggle, it builds you up. We benefit from struggle to a degree, which is just when it goes to suffering. And do you think that there's this like persona built or attached to that, that then lends itself to choosing suffering to a degree? 
I think my experience and with all the clients that come through the winner's circle, I think what happens is they're so beaten down and so working so hard and you don't see past the net. Like, you know, honestly, I remember one time because I was putting in so many hours. I remember it was kind of scary. I remember looking at the clock and it was like 10 and I couldn't tell if it was 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. because I had been working so many hours that there was no natural uh, flow to my day to say, oh, it's this time because I do this at this time, right? Like I was just working insane hours. And I remember having this panic for a moment of, I, and I was also working in an office like that didn't have a window. And I was like, I, I don't know if it's 10 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night, right? Like I was starting to get distort, distorted sense of time. So I think what happens is you just run like a hurdle, like in the Olympics, run, 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 hurdle, run, 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 hurdle. And you're just always thinking about the next thing. So I honestly, my experience with the people I work with, I don't even think they take pride in suffering. I think they think it's temporary. And as you know, with anything you struggle with in life, temporary has a way of going, oh, well, this is temporary for the last four years, right? <laughs> so I think they're too busy and too exhausted to be even having the time to be self-reflective. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. So what was the, what was the tipping point for you then? The tipping point was, <laughs> there's a couple, the tipping point was I had a husband that he was my biggest cheerleader. And it, to a point where sometimes I think, oh Lord, he thinks I can do anything. I better be able to freaking get this done. Right. Like he was just, mm -hmm. <laughs> he was annoyingly optimistic. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I did start to see that I was not as much fun to be around. I remember one day, like when he would say enough, that was his trigger word, like enough. That's when he was mad. And, and apparently I had been irritable or cranky or something. And he was like, enough, go upstairs, take a nap. It was like a Saturday afternoon, which always made me crazy. Cause who the hell can take a nap when there was all this mayhem and chaos going to my house. And of course my house looked like a mess. Cause I had my own business. Oh, let me just go lay down and relax somewhere. Like I didn't even understand what he, and he's like, enough, you are exhausted and you're cranky. And you don't even see it enough, go upstairs. So I'm walking upstairs and I'm thinking, who does he think he is telling me what to do? Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to fight with him now because I knew the enough word was like, we'll deal with him later. Right. <laughs> I went into this, this little room off our bedroom. And if you know anything about me, I'm really difficult, difficult sleeping. I have to have everything right. So, and I have to have the pills a certain way and they have to be my pillows. Like it's a whole production for me to lay down. So I am now in this little love seat and it's very small, a little bit bigger than a chair. And I'm crossing my arms and I'm thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm prepping my argument for him. Like, this is how it's going to go. And I hear my points and whatever. Mm -hmm. I woke up two hours later <laughs> and I guess I was kind of half leaning on the arm. I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I thought I broke my neck. I just sitting there in my little steward temper had fallen literally like a child or a puppy over asleep. I looked at the clock. I'd lost two hours and my leg was twisted because there was no room for me on this little love seat. My leg was twisted. My neck was, and I, I was like, oh, maybe he's right. <laughs> maybe I am a little tired. So I was like, if I could fall asleep as I worked on my, my presentation of why he was completely wrong, then I might have a problem. So I started to see some of the signs. <laughs> mm. Nice. So let's, let's fast forward to today. I mean, you've been through so many experiences and built the business that you have that helps business owners, people to really take back control of their life and their time. So of course, you're fixed, right? You have no challenges, no problems. 
life is perfect for you? Well, I don't think that life is perfect, but I do think that I am quite happy. And I do think that when you have a business that has an infrastructure, like I'm a firm believer in having systems and processes mm-hmm. and a firm believer having a team and a team could be one person or two people. It's a mindset. It's not the number. And unless you have those things, you are at best self-employed, but really you're a sufferpreneur. So what I do find now, for some reason, I always picture like an old 1800s apple cart. In the past, if something happened, the whole apple cart fell over and apples are going everywhere and you're crawling on your hands and knees and you're picking them up and the apples are getting dirty and just crazy. Whereas now, if something happens, one apple falls off, I pick it up, I put it back. And not that life is perfect, but that it's it's at least it's a smoother sail than, you know, clutching onto the side of the boat while you throw up and you don't know where you're going. Like it was just a rougher ride before. So it's not perfect, but it should be more fun. Business should be fun and you should enjoy most of it. And if you're not strategically, something is not setting you up for success. That's my belief. I love that. And the analogy of you all over the place it's yeah. your life jacket these systems the processes yeah. the teams it sounds like that is what is your the bumpers on the uh, the bowling rink bowling rink yeah. that's bowling that's lane thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> we knew what you were saying that's, we what knew what you that's what i'm butchering but yeah so that is beautiful so now obviously with these systems in place with the experience that you've had what are the what for you are the telltale signs that uh, uh, some something is is happening something's not quite right can you see these coming yeah so I guess to me a couple of things so the systems and processes are super really important because what I would say is so many people think they're going to restrict you but they free you and so many people confuse that with when you had a job and they were not written by the end user and they were static in nature and they were just there to cover liability so in the winner circle what we have what we have developed called super toolkits And they constantly compress time because I believe that you should be in 60% execution, 40% admin, where most small business owners, the admin expands and it just becomes like any new work, busy work, admin work just chokes you up, right? Mm -hmm. And then of course, having a team member, if you have, you can, in the winner circle, we will find train and hire and onboard for you, these, these people, but you won't keep these great people if they don't have systems and process to lean on, because then you're just throwing work at them and it's very stressful for them and stressful for you and the good talent will leave. So there, so there's all these things that really matter. My signs now, when I know that I'm pulling a Chris, flitting back to when I used to be what I call hysterical Chris, because I'm a recovering Russiaholic, I've learned things like if I am I don't do things in a rush. So if I think, oh, I'm going to try to get this done before my team meeting. And then I show up to my team meeting and I'm kind of in a rush Mm. that it affects my tone. It affects my energy. And then I come out like I'm, you know, impatient when I'm really just rushing. So, so I see things that don't serve me that took me years to understand that I am responsible for the energy I bring in the room And you think, I thought for years that I could fake it. Like, you know, those first couple of years, I'm running around like crazy, exhausted, busy. And I'd go to a meeting and I would smile, but I could feel the blood rushing through my veins because I was always in a rush. And I'm thinking, can't this person talk quicker? Like, and (laughs) you're, you're not, you're not fooling anybody. They feel it. Right. And oh, by the way, in case you're ever wondering, I did once 
asked somebody if they could, can you not talk quicker? And it did not go over well, right? <laughs> I can't imagine it would. So let me tell you, you also, and now studies show that, you know, when you're not only just tired, especially when you're multitasking, it affects your ability to empathize with somebody else. It becomes, uh, you become more, obviously, I don't need to tell you this, but science has now proven this, you're more impatient. You don't pick up social cues, you know, you just, everything, it really affects your interpersonal, you know, connections on every level. So for me, learning that you need to slow down to speed up, that to every, you know, you can't fake it and you can't decide, oh, today I'm rushing, but that's okay tomorrow. Like you have to be, you have to follow certain pillars of success all the time or you will trip and fall. I think it was super important that you said, right, the, that you thought you could fake it. Yeah. That is such a sign that I think gets ignored. Yeah. So yeah, yeah highlighting that I think is important, especially when it comes to just being aware of how you're feeling in the moment, which often gets denied. So do you feel like you've developed that? Well, people can smell it off you. Like I really did think that, you know, put a big smile on your face and that's fine, but they can see the tension in your jaw and your words do come out more curt and it, you just, it doesn't work. Right. So I tried that again and again, thinking, you know, I could hide this or fake that and get it done, but it doesn't work. It reflects in your sales, it reflects in your energy and, you know, and people, I remember one time, one of the times that I way back in the beginning, and I was going on a business trip and somebody that works with me said something about whatever, like, oh, that's going to be difficult. And I said, what do you mean? Oh, well, you're always really stressed out because, you know, when you leave, you have to get all the stuff done before you go. And, and I'm like, what? And they like, oh, they kind of implied, oh, it's really difficult when you go on trips because we're all running around like crazy and you're stressed out before you go. So I realized, oh, I plan these things that I think are going to be helpful for the company. And now you're dreading them because it changes my energy before I go. Like, that's not good. Right. So I think that's it. You, you think you can fake it, but I I guarantee you, you are not. Right. Well, and then to be able to listen to those around you, actually hear them when they're reflecting back, Hey, yeah, this is how it feels to be around you, or this is what you're doing. Yeah. And that takes some time before, you know, because A, if you already look impatient and edgy, that's, you know, that's not a bell you want to ring. Like, hey, who wants to go poke the bear? Because he looks cranky. Right? So, so you have to be, you know, you have to be at least slowing down sometimes if people are comfortable enough to tell you and then setting up a team where leadership and confidence is respected and encouraged. So, so, you know, it's back to your point, Mark, there's still things that I constantly realize that's, you know, that's from previous years. And I can't slip back into that behavior. I can't mm-hmm. get stressed out over stuff like that. And little things like if I'm away for something, then, you know, if I'm traveling or whatever, then the deal is I used to come back. The, like, let's say I was away, whether even if it's business, you know, what it's like you're away on business. And so then you still feel like you missed office time. So then you come in, I used to jam pack that first day back because, oh, I missed the days while I was away. I got to get my email done, got all these things done. And that's just a setup for chaos and anarchy. So the rule in the company is if I'm away that first day, there's no commitments whatsoever. And then the second day is a half day commitment. I might have one or two appointments, right? And my team will call me on that because even though I had been away recently, I came back and there was all these it was exciting stuff I wanted to do, but I was getting myself worked up going, oh, when do I get time to dive into this? And Evan said to me, Chris, remember our rule about your travel? Like 
this is your free day. So we'll do that tomorrow with the strategy meeting. Okay. All right. Sorry. I got a little excited there. So just having, as you talk about it, Mark, um, for bumper lanes for your, well, I forget the bowling term you gave it, but <laughs> the bumper for the, for your bowling role or whatever, but yeah, it's just having things in play to support your success instead of you seeing them as obstacles and trying to outrace the clock and, and what I'm calling myself as a recovering Russiaholic. Beautiful, beautifully yeah. put. And that's why we we created our Unforget Yourself system to have these processes in play that's external from yourself so that you can see, oh, what, what is happening? Why is it happening? And what can I do to actually to move through this in, in the right kind of way? Maybe kind of very similar to the way your, your inner circle works, that this, this community, this support mechanism because on the life of an entrepreneur it's it can be lonely right even though there's so many people around us yeah i think what happens with the systems and processes is then it's not first of all dependent on your memory because no successful business is run on memory right and then it's also not dependent on your mood or your temperament or if you're having a high or a low day as a business owner because the highs are high and the lows are low right Mm -hmm. and so then you have these things that are set up that are efficient, effective, proven steps that constantly, you know, we call it queuing them, create, use, and edit, C-U-E, create, use, and edit them. And then we're always improving our super toolkits so they become more and more efficient. And that makes it reliable versus you, you know, self-doubt, ping-panging all over the place, you know, and then you make mistakes, you beat yourself up and they're costly and it costs way more money to fix a mistake than it does to do it right the first time. So it's a whole thing. And then you buy into the, you, you then you got self-doubt and you got to pull yourself out of that. And it's like, really, I'm all about mindset. But if you set some things up to make you consistently successful in a number of areas, yeah, we can all improve with some mindset hundred percent, but it wouldn't be your full-time job. It wouldn't be a hole you have to crawl out of every time if you're set up to succeed. Mm. All right. Well, you build self-trust with that, don't you? And yeah. So is that the whole point of these systems and processes essentially to create that so that then you have your time? Yeah. Like, you know, to-do lists where a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs run off, they are excellent if you're looking to add stress to your life because they're a rotating list of emergencies. They're not written in chronological order. You have no idea how long anything takes and you tend to cherry pick and just, you know, whatever. And you don't know this thing goes to next. You can't transfer that to somebody else, right? And so what happens with the systems and processes, it also allows you to hire really high quality people because they will stay because they can follow the blueprint that you have out. They, they know that in my team, if there's ever a mistake, we look at the system, we look at the super toolkit. Nobody's, oh, who's going to get you know blamed today? Where's the problem? They're not going to get that, right? We look at improving the system. So it makes it safer. It allows people to take risks and they stay longer. I, I had... Deanna was explained to me, she works with me and she said, previous to working with me, she'd always only last about four or five months as an outsourcer. And I'm like, well, why is that? Because she's so good. And she said, because you show up, they're stressed out. They dump all this stuff on you. It's not your job. Like you don't know, and you have to figure it all out. And then when you start putting some systems in play, they see you getting more stuff done. So then they dump more on you because they never do understand the systems you're building and they're not using them. So then you'll never get ahead and it just gets more and more stressful. 
So then you don't get to keep the, this amazing talent, even if you do find them, right? So it really is, I say without systems and processes, you're a sufferpreneur. I love that term. Yeah. It's a fantastic one. And going back to hiring people that are quality, because there's the, I feel like an epidemic right now of just getting some cheap labor to help get something done. And do you feel that? Well, I guess I do think there are options right now because we have such a global reach that you can pull talent from different regions in the world that win for you, win for them. So the word cheap, cheap depends on like a whole bunch of things. So do we hire people from the Philippines? For sure. And when you're paying them five, six US dollars an hour, and that's their minimum wage for the day where they are, they don't see that as cheap. They think this is a good deal. They get to work from home and they're making more per hour than somebody there, you know, somebody down the street per day. Right. But I would also say I've had many clients come to me in the winner's circle that say, okay, I know I need help. And I know it's not a business without help. And they start paying somebody 25, 30, 35, up to 50 bucks an hour. And they were not getting any kind of return on their investment. A, they didn't have systems process set up properly. B, they didn't have an effective hiring system. And so then they're also guarding what they give this person because it's so expensive. You have to be very choosy what you give this person. So to me, it's really so much more than the hourly rate is what is your hiring system? What are you looking for? And can you support that talent with effective systems and processes when they, you know, are they going to stay with you? So there's so much more to that. So yeah, trying to get something, I'm not into exploiting people. We we give benefits. I mean, even everybody on my team, they always get their birthday off with pay. There's all kinds of things that we do. So I'm not looking to get anything cheap, but if I can get an economical break that will benefit them and me, and then allow my company to move forward because I can afford to bring on help that way where I couldn't, if it was, you know, my local marketplace and, you know, in North America, if that benefits me, allows me the company to grow. And I do have some in-house staff and then I can afford to give them raises because we're also not hiring somebody that, you know, you have to commit to a large amount of time. There's all these variables that go into it. So it's a, it's a deep, there's a lot of depth to that. And sometimes it's misunderstood. Oh, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So much systems and processes. Which is, is his love language, by the way. Oh, give me, give me a good, <laughs> good spreadsheet. It's like, could you please talk to me more? Just say systems and processes more. <laughs> but uh, so we all have marketing. We all have business. We all have procedural systems and processes. What do you have in place for a, a personal self-development mindset system and processes? Do you have a something similar that you that you turn to, or is that a different kind of organic thing? Well, so give me a quick example. Maybe um, a morning routine, like oh yes, one hundred percent. So, so for me, uh, yeah, I'm all about that, um, and I think everybody has to find their own morning routine. So I do very much believe in exercise for sure. So I do that. I have a workout, you know, most mornings, at least five for sure, five, sometimes six or seven morning is of the week. Um, I do also, I want, I don't want to use the word meditate because I don't think I do it very well, but I do listen to something for 15 minutes, you know, and then just clear my head and vision what I want. So whether that's meditation or not, I'm not great at it, but it's just about clearing my, having control over my brain and always thinking about 
you know, hey, that's not where I am right now. Why am I thinking about something that happened two years ago or if that's negative? So really just managing and being more and more effective at, you know, being purposeful with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very purposeful, even sometimes I have to dig in my toes about my quitting time because mm-hmm. I have fallen prey in the past where, no, you don't understand. I'm really excited about this project. So then it's really okay that I work late because this isn't because I have to, it's because I want to. But at the end of the day, it does impact that you finish work later and you go to bed later and it just all, you know, as as mm. Evan will point out who works with me, okay, that's not working. And I even did it after my husband passed away. It's like, well, I don't, you know, I had a very big life with him. We had date night every Friday night and I had all these things. So I, I what a better way to fill my time than these passion projects. But my team would tell me that they come into work on Monday. And because I worked all weekend, I think it's freaking Wednesday. I'm wondering why something wasn't done again yesterday. Like, Chris, that was freaking Friday. You put in 25 hours this weekend. You are not on the same calendar as us. Like, your time is getting distorted. So I had, you know, they spoke to me about that. And I had to figure, I had to fill my life with something. I had to find a new life, not just stick work in it, right? So I am very, uh, very purposeful about understanding that, you know, what that, mm. not only that I should take care of myself, but a healthier, well-balanced Chris serves the business better. So even mm. if I'm like, not about life and this life isn't about work, even if I didn't buy into all that, the fact that it will serve my business better, because listen, the best inventions throughout the history of humankind were done in times of relaxation and play. And we are far more creative when we're rested and we've had time away. And all, that's why you get those ideas driving in the car, getting mm-hmm. in the shower. So I am very purposeful about taking care of the brain and the body, if nothing else to serve the business, never mind the quality of my own life. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Good. Thank you for sharing that. It's so helpful. And thank you for all the nuggets you dropped for our audience and for us too. It's been fantastic. Could you please share with our audience where, where can they find you? How can they track you down? Where do they buy your book? Give us all the goods. Yeah, you can, um, on all the socials, check me out there, or, you know, TikTok. we're starting to do lives, things like that. Um, I do have a special gift for your audience. You can check me out at free F R E E gift G I F T from Chris K R I S.com free gift from Chris.com. I've got some goodies in there. I've got this amazing quiz that we just built together and you get instant and um, customized results sort of. And there's some funny questions in there that you might think, what does that got to do with like, it, do you eat at your desk? Why does that matter? Oh, I'll tell you why it matters. So there's all that, but inside there's something really special and temporary. So I would check that out really quickly. It's like the audio version of my book. So you might want to grab it really fast. So you can download the audio, audio version. It's like valued at $47. And so you can grab that, download it. It's yours today. Chris, thank you. That is, yeah, as a, an audio book consumer daily, that yeah, that will. didn't even, I think you know what I mean. It made no sense just because of, like, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We just appreciate the time you gave to us and all that you shared. Well, thank you for trusting me with your audience. I appreciate your energy and your time. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Bye now. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, 
we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.